Hey guys, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170. Today we've got a very, very special guest, uh, a good friend of mine and someone who has absolutely inspired me. I, um, I've always been inspired by him, even you know, early parts of my career, watching his journey and his sporting career and uh, the way he carries himself is just something that I've really, really admired. But he's going to share a bit about his journey today, a bit about his career and a bit about what he's going through at the moment. Our special guest on the Spirit of Sport tonight is the one and only Billy Deer. Billy, thanks for joining us, brother. Hey, Tim, how you doing, mate? Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, for those, for the listeners that don't know, obviously, um, you're going through a bit of treatment with some illness at the moment. Um, how, how are you finding that at the moment? How's your, how's your energy levels and, and, and your headspace at the moment? Mate, look, it's one of those things. It's just a daily process, you know. I'm just uh, doing the best that I can just to stay afloat, you know what I mean? Obviously, as you know, it's, it's a bit of a tough journey, you know, and the chemo really does take it out of you. But I'm, uh, I'm just grateful to be, um, you know, feeling better. And with each day that passes, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better and better. But I'm, I'm just dealing with the process, I guess. Yeah, and, mate, can you tell us a bit about how, how you found out and, and how it all came about? Because I feel like it happened pretty quickly. Like, I didn't, you know, yeah. obviously I follow you on social media. I was actually in, um, I was in the gym one day and um, took a few body shots and felt a little bit funny after taking a few body shots. I thought this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. And then, um, uh, you know, a few days later, the pain was still there and still persisting. And I thought, you know what, I better get this checked out. And went to the hospital and they pretty much told me to go home and that I'm okay and there's nothing wrong and then the next day same thing again but the pain was 10 times worse and I ended up at Norwest Private Hospital and yeah they pretty much found out that I had a uh, had a tumour in my stomach and and I discovered it through boxing wow. so through taking the body shots you know what I mean the, the, the body shots that I took because we on that day it was actually strictly body sparring there was no headshots so you know we, we were more like concentrating on hitting the body really hard yeah and so you know obviously that just made it flare up and when it flared up it was like mate the pain was just excruciating you know i couldn't couldn't go to the restroom couldn't deal with the pain and mm. yeah basically you know just um they ended up doing a um you know a uh they did a endoscopy and then they sort of saw something was down there they did a ct scan and saw that there was um something growing abnormal in my stomach and yeah, pretty much said, look, mate, you got colon cancer. Mm. And then uh, that's what they thought it was. And they they removed it. And then after they removed it, they pretty much said, look, you, we think you're cancer-free now. and But we think we might just do a little bit of chemo just to, just to make sure. Yeah. And then a few days later, the pain was back with a vengeance. And they were like, mate, we've misdiagnosed you. And you've actually got um, non-Hodgkinson's lymphoma cancer. And oh. I was like, mate, uh, here we go. Yeah. And that's how the journey starts. And then, um, obviously, you know, the doctor sits in front of you, tells you you pretty much got, you know, he, he pretty much said to me, you got six months to live, you know, if you don't start chemo ASAP. And I was like, mate, I've got a son to walk to school in a couple of years. So Good on I don't you, know about you, but I'm ready, to, I'm ready to go tomorrow. We have to start. Wow. Wow. And and you didn't notice there was no, like, there was no pain before that sparring session? Like, it just came out of nowhere? Nah, 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 no pain whatsoever, man. Nothing at all. Just after the sparring session, I just started to feel a bit funny. Yeah. Next day, I went to the gym to do a bit of training. Couldn't couldn't move. My stomach was killing me. I was like, this is not normal, you know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. been taking body shots my whole life, you know what I mean? I was, look, yeah. this is not something that's new to me, you know what I mean? I was, I've taken body shots my whole career. 
surely I didn't get hit that hard, you know, and I've broken ribs before in the past. Yeah. So, you know, but this was not rib pain. This was something that was like, it was far beyond that. It was so excruciating. I just told the doctor, I said, listen, there's something going on in my stomach. Yeah. He's like, mate, this is not normal, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't... And when I said to the doctor, I said, look, do you think it's cancer? And he's like, mate, all of the symptoms say no. He goes, and, uh, you know, he goes, it, it might be just a growth. He goes, but, um, uh, you know, I don't think it's cancer. But then when he woke me up after the endoscopy, and he was like, mate, sorry to tell you, you know, we, we found cancer in your colon. And I was like, mate, I sort of had a feeling, you know, because the pain that I was going through is uh, it's not normal. Well, that's well, that's right. For someone like you that's been an athlete for so long, you're so in tune with your body as well, aren't you? Like, you know, when you had an injury, sometimes you could tell whether it's a, you know, a cork or whether it's ligament damage, bone damage. When you've been a professional athlete for so long, you know different pains in your body. So you, you, you kind of knew there was something different, didn't you? I definitely did. I, I knew there was something wrong, you know what I mean? And um, I wasn't trying to be negative or anything like that when I said to the doctor, do you think it's cancer? But I actually felt like something was coming on, you know what I mean? I just felt like, I don't know why my gut instinct said to me cancer because I was feeling horrible, you know. I was feeling tired and I was feeling very weak. Mm. And these are the signs and the symptoms that Sarah, who I was married to for a while, yeah. um, she was feeling the same symptoms. So, you know, it's like your mind can't help but be that way. So yeah. I started thinking, mate, maybe I've got cancer. And, you know, like, no, you don't You don't wish it upon yourself and you don't wish it upon anybody, but it's just a the weirdest thing ever isn't it it's just yeah. like how did i pick it you know what i mean it's like Crazy, i don't know man. i don't know how i picked it you know as, as sad as i was at the time but i just thought you know at the end of the day it happens to so many people i'm no better i'm no better or no better no different to anybody else you know what i mean who's had it or getting it you know what i mean so yeah man that's hanging out hanging out hanging out hanging out in the ward lately you know like i've seen a young kid by the name of joseph who's who's got it as well you know what i mean like yeah He's 18 years of age, you know what I mean? I'm 38, I'm 37 going on 38. So, like, you know, I think to myself, this guy's just a young kid, hasn't even lived his life yet, you know what I mean? Man, yeah. So, and, and like I said, just watching you on social media, the way you're kind of carrying yourself, it's, like, it's been, it's moved me so much, man. It's it's, it's made me emotional to see the, the amount of courage you've shown and the smile on your face. It's, it's incredible the way you carry yourself. And you've always do carry yourself well. Even you talked about Sarah quickly, but 2015, you know, those listeners that don't know, you know, you lost your wife to, is it leukemia, wasn't it? Yeah, leukemia, yeah. Now, so you, you've you've been through some trials before. How, where does your strength come from? How did, you know, we're on a show called The Spirit of Sport where we talk about people's faith journeys. I know you're very strong in your faith. Does that play a yeah. part in your strength? I most definitely, man. Look, at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can either cry or you can smile. And I choose to smile because I feel like I have a responsibility to lift other people. You know, God's given me this platform to, um, to be somebody who helps people through their own adversities. And so, you know, I can I can post up things of me crying and stuff like that, but that's not going to help the other person, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've got to show people that I'm strong. And, you know, obviously my, my strength comes through my faith. You know, I'm not an advocate of cancer and I'm not an advocate of chemotherapy or anything like that. You know, I mean, I'm an advocate that through belief in the higher power, you know, I mean, because some people believe in God, some people don't believe in God, some people believe in the ocean, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You have to draw strength from that higher power. And for me, I draw strength from God. You know, I mean, yeah. God gives me the strength and uh, to awesome, get through man. these things. And obviously, you know, I, as I said earlier, you know, I have a wife and a son and I have responsibilities and um, I have too much to live for. You know, I mean, my, my son needs me, you know, I mean, and I need to be the one to walk into school on that first day, you know, when he turns 
five and he's got to go to school for the first time, mm. I need to be the guy to take him there. You know what I mean? Not my brother or my my yeah. wife's brother or, you know what I mean? It needs to be me, you know what I mean? So I'm going to continue to fight as hard as I can to make sure that I do that because that's my responsibility. That's Yeah, it's incredible. That's great strength. And, and how have they been, your, your son and wife? To be quite honest, you know, my, my wife's been an absolute rock, you know what I mean? Like, just to, to go through what she's gone through and, you know, like, she's actually, I mean, she's got a double whammy at the moment. Her father's gone through, um, you know, liver cancer as well. So, yeah. you know, not only is her father dealing with it, but her husband's dealing with it. So it's like, you know, it's a bit hard. And, you know, my little guy, is, he's really switched on for a three-year-old, so he really knows what's going on. He's, like, always consoling me and being very, um, uh, you know, very very cautious in the way that he treads around me and he's very careful in the way that he you know he's he's really looking after me you know I mean like for a three-year-old like I can't believe it like the other day I was in I was in tears you know I mean yeah you have days you have yeah breakdowns and yeah he was yeah. consoling me telling me daddy it's okay you know don't don't cry uh, daddy it's okay you know I was like man how do you know this you're only three years of age <laughs> and you know you're telling me daddy don't cry it's going to be okay you know I was like yeah so you know as I said yeah I draw my strength from him yeah. You know, every single night I look at him and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you behind, mate. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you down. Dad, Dad's gonna be there to do whatever he can to help you, Dad. That's... You know, so like, that's where I draw my strength from. You know, what I mean, and obviously, all of the amazing, you know, people out there who have um, messaged me, uh, supported me during this journey. My mum, my dad, my siblings, my loved ones, my family. You know, it's just been the 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 love's been overwhelming. You know, what I mean, it's it's been like there's times that I cry because. You know, just the love that I'm receiving from my loved ones, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so much, you know what I mean? And, like, they care so much. And to know that people love you so much is, like, you know, you go through certain points in your life, you know, when I was champion and I lost my title and that, and you start feeling, like, you start feeling like you're not loved as much anymore because you're not the champ anymore. Yeah. And then something, and then a calamity like this hits you, and when this calamity hits you, you, you realize how much people actually really do love you, you know? And it's like... Yeah. I'm just so appreciative of every single person who's reached out, messaged. And, you know, there's people that are messaging on a daily basis, you know I mean? People that I don't even know who are just checking in, just saying, look, I, you know, I'm just a fan and I just wanted to check in on you, you know what I mean? Like, how, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Are you, are you okay? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just simply amazing. That's a, that's a big reflection on you as well, though. The, the fact that people are drawn to you at the moment isn't, it's very easily, um, for if you know if you weren't such a lovable person, it's very easy to not think about. But I feel like you're on a lot of people's hearts and minds because of the person you are and the the personality you've always been. You've always cared and always had that smile about you and you, the way you carry yourself. So it says a lot about you too, um, mate. We'll just go on. Our producer's doing a bit of research as well. But you, you know, we spoke about the, some of the trials you've been through. But we'll touch a bit on your career soon. But you know, you you had the the passing of your your late wife, but also when you were a kid, you know, I didn't know this, but. You, the first six months you spent in hospital with a chronic uh, asthma, is that correct? That's correct, yeah, man. I was, um, uh, I've been in a battle my whole life, you know what I mean? I've, I've battled through the trenches, you know what I mean? It, I, like I said, you know what I mean? Somebody once told me, I said, listen, I, you know, I, I, when I was going through my time in my life where I was going through a bit of difficulty, you know, you never, like, you know, being a, being a top athlete and a guy who was a world champion, you never think that you need to get help, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and no one's ever going to say to you, hey, listen, you should get help, you know, because they don't want to be that person who sort of, um, you know, burst your bubble in any way. Yeah, we that, think but... it's a sign of weakness. We think it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I did. I thought I thought it's a sign of weakness. If I go ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. But I really did need help. And, you know, 
the time when I actually went and did get help, the lady said one thing to me. She said to me, you know something, Billy? You're a very unique individual who's achieved unique things. Mm. You know, like, stop trying to be like everybody else because you're not. And you're never going to be like anybody else. You're going to be Billy Dib and that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? So just, she goes, like, embrace who you are and, and take it on. And she goes, stop trying to be like everybody else. Stop trying to get married and have kids like your relatives and, you're not the same. They've not achieved anything that you've achieved. Yeah. So just put that behind you and like move forward. And it's like the minute that I went and got help, my whole life just opened up in front of me and things just changed for the better. You know what I mean? Like that's awesome. a year later, I met my wife who is today Barry and she's like the most amazing, caring, loving individual I've ever met in my whole life. You know, like yeah. I wouldn't swap her for the world, you know? So that's so cool. I'm just really, really grateful to just be where I am. Honestly, like you know, when when I did when I did get sick, you know, I mean, I was obviously a little bit sad, but then I looked at it like, you know what? Maybe God gave this to me because by giving it to me, He's not going to give it to one of my siblings, or He's not going to give it to my son or my wife or my mother or my father. You know, so like I was just, I was glad it was me and one of them was one of my family members because I was like, you know, at least I could. I've been through the trenches. I can take the pain. You know what I mean? I've been taking pain my whole life. Yeah, let sure me take am, a little yeah. bit more for the, let me take a little bit more for the team. You know what I mean? Just just a little bit more. Yeah, wow, mate. Wow, you um, it's yeah, it's it's a really powerful story. You touched a bit about your um, your parents earlier, but you know they they migrated from Lebanon, you know when you, a long time ago started a, a grocery store in um, in Engadine. What was it like yeah. for you, like grow, like growing up with parents that pretty much packed up everything and moved to the outside of the world? Um, how was it like growing up with parents that had to pretty much start from scratch and, and you know, sacrifice to help you have your career? Yeah, look, my dad, my dad was a um, uh, was a pretty hard man. You know, he he was all about like he sac he sacrificed his life yeah. to give us a better life. You know, what I mean, like he left his home country to come to Australia to give us a better life. So you know, he was really hard in regards to you know make sure you guys get a good education. I don't want don't be getting in trouble at school. So, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, like really played a part. And then growing up in England, it's hard not to get into a fight. You know, I mean, you're here you are, a Lebanese kid, blonde, <laughs> yeah. like black hair, brown yeah. eyes. You know, I mean, you, you got a tan complexion. Yeah. And every other kid in the school is freaking blonde haired and blue eyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people people feel what's different. It's like now, even Tim, right now, being the situation that I'm in, like, you know, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't like the person that's looking in who I'm looking at in the mirror at the moment because I've lost my eyebrows, I've lost my hair, you know, I'm a little bit gone, I'm a, a little bit skinny. And, and people look at me and, like, it's not that they, you know what I mean, like, it's I look different right now, you know what I mean? So people, yeah. like, they sort of feel what looks different, you know what I mean? So they're a bit standoffish or somebody who hasn't seen me in years and then sees me without a beard or, you know, without no hair and eyebrows, they look at me like, is that really you? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. so, you know, grow, growing up in, in England, you know, we look different. So people feel what's different and like, I'm not upset about that. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, what happened during my time at school is what shaped me to be the man strong. that I am today. Yeah, yeah. like the, exactly. the, the, you know toughness. So like, yeah. yeah, it comes from somewhere, you know what I mean? You got to get that resilience from somewhere. And my dad's whole thing was, look, man, let's just kill them with kindness. You know what I mean? Let's not fight them. Yeah. Let's not, you know, let's not argue with them. Let's just kill them with kindness and let's just, do the best we can to just, just fit in, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what we did, you know? And, and in the end, we just, you know, when my when my father sold the shop, I think it was like 15 years later, mate, they, people were in tears. They couldn't believe us. Where are you guys going? You know what I mean? Like, they just couldn't believe that my dad was 
shutting shop and moving on, you know. Like yeah. They'd built a life around us and we'd build a life around them, you know what I mean? So, you yeah. know, for me for me now, it's like I, de- I take them life experiences and I try to instill them into my son, you know what I mean, just to try to teach him good manners and how to deal with people. And, and that's the one thing that we learned as kids growing up in England, you know, we're like growing up in a convenience store, we learned how to customer service, how to talk to people, how to greet people, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you, sir. You know, I mean, like, yeah. all about respect. And that's how my father raised us, you know what I mean? And that's why I feel like I was able to get so far in my career because when I met the, when I met the Oscar De La Hoyas and the Shane Moses and the Mike Tyson, I was never starstruck, you know what I mean? I was just like, I sort of felt like I belonged. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's why they I gravitate, gravitated to them and they gravitated towards me because I wasn't a fanboy, you know what I mean? I was like... Yeah. It's like I, I felt like I belonged on this stage, you know what I mean, and that's why everything just fell into place. Yeah, that's you're even amongst like the I'm seeing you around all the footy boys and that you've always, if anything, you shine around, um, you know, other athletes. But yeah, you, know, you started boxing at you know at 12 years old. What what made you get into that? Like, what made you jump into the sport? Well, for me, it was pretty much um, something that I just found by accident. Talking about footy, you know, like. You know, we grew up in a household. My father was a massive Mal Meninga fan, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Mad Mal Meninga fan, you know? And my my uncle was a diehard Dragon supporter, and you know what I mean? So, like, we, we had Dragons and Doggy supporters and Canberra Raiders supporters, and then, you know, my, all my brothers played rugby league, so it was, like, just one of those things you follow suit, you know what I mean? Like, it was either, it was either basketball or football, you know what I mean? And growing up as a kid, you know, like, footy was in one season, basketball was in another season, and then one day at the footy field, the trainer just pulled out a set of um, set of mitts and some pads, and he's like, "We're going to do some uh, boxer size today." Yeah. And, and mate, growing up in a household with five brothers and one sister, you you know a little bit about fighting. You watch a fair <laughs> bit of Rocky movies. Yeah. No, no joke. You know what I mean? And I hit the pads, and he was like, "Mate, have you ever boxed before?" I said, "No," nah, but I watched plenty of Rocky movies. You know. Yeah. And so it was like an instant love. You know what I mean? And he when he saw the natural talent, the raw talent, because he, he knew a little bit about boxing, he pretty much said to me, listen, get your dad to take you to the Sutherland PCYC. And when I headed to the Sutherland PCYC, yeah. it's like an instant reaction. I walked into the gym and I, I never looked back. It was like I knew exactly this is what I was destined to do. Yes. You know, there was, there was two kids in the ring sparring. I'll never forget their names. One's name was Alex and the other name was Adam. Yeah. And they were in the ring sparring each other and they were beating the crap out of each other. And I was like, man, how good is this? Nobody <laughs> stopping the fight. Yeah. Like there's no teacher intervening, the the trainer's standing outside the ring and he's watching these guys go to blows and I'm thinking this is exactly what I'm made to do, you know. <laughs> so it was like destiny found me. I just walked into the gym and that was it. I never looked back. Yes, that's so good. Uh, I mean, well, what was it like? So you obviously you start. Well, that's how you start. But then you, you know, your journey over the next few years, you end up winning 90 out of your next 113 fights, and you know you become champion three times in that. You know Aussie champion three times in that time. How does it feel like along the way, the the journey? So not just each fight, but you progressing every time, winning, winning, Aussie champion, winning, winning. Like how does that, how's that feeling throughout the journey? Yeah, man, it was it was incredible, you know, because I got to a certain point where after I had like fifty fights, no one could beat me. You know, <laughs> I mean, I was like, that's that's I was a on this winning streak for like for like forty fights, you know, no one could like touch me. You know, I mean, I was like, all I had to turn up. All I had to do was turn up and I already won, you know. It was like if I prepared well enough, which I always did because I hated losing. Yeah. So it was like just turn up and win, you know what I mean? Like the the opposition was fearful, you know, of, of, of Billy Did because 
I'd established myself as a, as a key player in the boxing circuit in New South Wales boxing. And so, you know, whenever we'd go to the Nationals, it was like, yep, yeah, Billy Dibb's the hot favourite, you know what I mean? So, but, but I knew that with that came responsibility, you know what I mean? That the responsibility of making sure that I train hard, leave no stone unturned. And that's where I came up with the whole slogan of believe, like B-I-L-L-Y-V-E, yeah. believe. And then the slogan that goes underneath it is just vision, consistency, success. And I always envisioned that, okay, I'm going to go to the Nationals. If I'm going to go to the Nationals, I'm going to win. I'm going to need to be consistent in everything that I do, the way that I train, the way that I eat, the way that I sleep. Yeah. And I mean, making sure that I do everything correctly because at the end of it, there's anything that is going to follow is success. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I just had a positive mindset, you know what I mean? And like, Going on that run that I went on, you know, and like, oh man, I remember it was like something like 50 something fights without a loss, you know. And then yeah. when I did lose, and that was obviously internationally, you know, because like internationally, you know, when you when you're from Australia, you're up against it. It's like when we go to um, the World Championships or we go to the Acropolis Cup or all these tournaments around the world, it's like we're the we're the weak nation, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like. You know, Cuba's like, oh, I hope I get, I hope I get Australia. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. then like, or Russia's like, I hope I draw Australia because they they think that's an easy fight. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. But one thing's for sure, I always made it a very difficult fight, whether I won or lost. I was always in the fight. I never like, I was never one that just turned up just to turn up. Say, oh, I competed. Nah, bullshit. I'm there to win. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you hell with. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose giving you hell. That's what makes you so, a champion, having that mindset, that mentality, and. I love what you said about also knowing you're going to win, like coming to games or coming to boxing matches, knowing that you're going to win just by turning up because you were confident in your preparation. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a feeling it's hard to explain to someone that hasn't been in that, in that athletic environment. But you know, when things are going right and you're feeling like you're in the zone, it's just a matter of turning up and knowing you get the job done. Yeah, it's like any sport, man. Like, so, like, what, like for example, let's just take – let's talk about – the run that the, the, the doggies have had, you know, when they were on fire or when, you know, yeah, when yeah. the roosters were on fire. When they're on fire, they're on fire and you can't beat them. Yeah, That's it. exactly. Yeah. Like, Half the no job's done before they even get do, there. You can't beat them. They're, yeah. just, they're just unbeatable. You know you know that, you know, like you're going to turn up and try try to beat them, but they're, they're like, all you got to do is turn up with 31, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, you remember years and years ago, anytime you played South, South Sydney, um, Rabbitohs, you just you just knew you were going to collect a win. Yeah, like yeah. This is this when they first came back into the cop. They were so weak, mm. and you knew that all you had to do was play the South, and you had a you had an you had an automatic number two on you, yeah. you know, on, on the on the oh, on yeah. the point list because you're like, all I've got to do is turn up and play. I'm going to beat these guys, no problem. Mm. That's how I sort of felt, you know. I just sort of felt like I was in control, you know what I mean? That's, I was that's in control, awesome. and you know, the journey was, man, I was like, it was an incredible journey. And, I've I've just you know I've, I've I've finished my autobiography now and it's it's going to be coming out sometime in February or March and oh yes be quite honest what's it called you, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be it's it's so uh, the book is um you know, obviously my name you know what I mean it's um Billy, Billy the journey of Billy Dib and um yeah. uh, the, uh, the the uh, the slogan on the top of the book is you know it's believe you know what I mean it's like that's yeah, that's my whole thing you know what I mean so but um. Uh, you know, the the book's got to reveal all everything. You know, like from the highs, the lows, and you know what, life wouldn't be as fun if it was all highs. You know, if it was all highs and you never had no low points, you'd never know what the real high was. You know, exactly. So right. for me, you know, you know, like when I won my first world title, then losing my next fight in another world title bid, 
that showed me like, oh man, how like how badly I want to get back to that world championship. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when I won it, when I won the world title back and I became champion of the world for the second time, that just meant so much more to me because I actually appreciated how much that feeling meant. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't experience lows in your life and you're forever experiencing highs, you know, you, you really you really don't know what a high is. You know what I mean? You just don't know what it is because you're like, I've never experienced a low in my life. But it's that's you, know. mate, you, you couldn't have been more accurate. It's a... Uh... You can't experience joy unless you know what you know pain and sorrow is, and you don't. You can't appreciate the highs if you don't know what the lows feel like, and you can't appreciate, you know, um, being pain free unless you've had pain. Like it's just there's so many things that people appreciate a lot more once they've seen the other side of the fence, and even now seeing you go through what you're going through, I know that on the other side you're going to be even more of a light to people that are struggling, and it's really inspirational. Um, yeah, well, that's that's my thing, Tim. Like you know, obviously, once once God willing. You know, once I beat this cancer, because that's my that's my vision. Yeah. My vision is to beat this cancer, and I know what I need to do to, to beat it. You know, I mean, I need I need to be very consistent in everything that I'm doing. You know, the way that I eat, the yeah. way that I'm resting. You know, or like that all plays a part. You know what I mean? So 100%. I know I know what it takes. And but the thing is, the end result and the end goal for me is, you know, boxing obviously has abruptly come to an end. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Not by choice, but it's abruptly come to an end, and, and you know maybe maybe that's God saving me from myself because maybe sometimes fighters fight too too long, you know yeah. you end up injuring yourself. But for me, my life journey and my goal now, you know post post this cancer is to become one of the best keynote speakers, and my goal in life is to become, you know, the next Inky Johnson, the next Tony Robbins, the next Anthony yeah, Robbins, just come travel on. the world. You got it. Yeah, yeah, just just inspire the world. You know, I mean, through my journey and and through everything that I've been through, because you know, these people often speak about other people's experiences. Well, God allowed me to experience nearly everything in life that you could experience. And I've <laughs> yeah. experienced love, loss. I've experienced cancer myself. So yeah. I've I've been through everything myself. You know, what I mean, so when I'm speaking, I'm speaking of my own experiences. You know, what I mean, so I yeah. feel like I have the right to inspire the world. Absolutely, you do, and you, and you do. Like I said, you've done it naturally for years anyway. It's just, um, you know, obviously the spotlight's on you even more so now, but you've always inspired people with the way you carry yourself and, you know, the athlete you are as well. You talked a bit about going over to America and, you know, and Sugar Mosley and, and the Southern stuff you've done, but, you know, some of, the, some of the, the rooms you've been in, you know, people dream of being in those rooms and you've you've been there naturally and, and, and dominated on those stages. What was it like actually being in America and, you know, Fighting Chad Roy, doing that kind of stuff in the, on that level, um, you know, mixing it with Fifty Cent and like these these guys that people are watching TV. How how did you feel um, during oh, that time? Man, at, the, at the time was incredible. You know, like I I remember one time being in in New York and no joke, um, in this room was Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley, Bernard Hopkins, and another man by the name of Richard Chafer. Yeah, and Richard Chafer was like. He was like one of the head honchos of Golden Boy, who was looking after the company at the time. Yep. And to ha- and and here I am, this young, twenty <laughs> three year old, twenty two year old, in a room with Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley, Bernard Hopkins, and I'm just minding my business. And then some guy from Yahoo Sports walks in and he's like, "Mate, like, what is it about you?" He goes, "Why is it that you're always around these guys?" And I'm like, "I just don't know." Yeah, I don't know. I said I don't. I don't know. They just like me, and I mean, I like them. They like me. We yeah. get along, you know. What I mean, I think they might like my Aussie accent. 
<laughs> and he goes, mate, I'll tell you what it is. And I said, what is it? He goes, you've been kissed on the ass by an angel, mate. And I said, yes, because people only dream about things like this. Yeah. And I was like, well, look, man, I, I sort of, I feel like I've worked really hard for it, you know, and I've earned it. I, if they didn't believe in me, I wouldn't be here, you know what I mean? I'm only here because they believe in me. Yeah. And when you've got people like Oscars La Jolla, Shane Mosley, Bernard Hopkins believing in you, yeah. far out, man. Like, how could you not believe in yourself, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you just, I just felt like I was, you know, I, it's something that I manifested from such a young age, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I remember being, I remember being, you know, 12 and 13 years of age telling my mom that one day I'd meet Prince Asim. She's like, just say God willing. <laughs> and I was like, mom, God willing, but I'm going to meet him, you know what I mean? And I, I, like, I knocked on every single door until I knocked that door over, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like whatever I set out to get, I got, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of time. Yeah, that's sick. I, well, what was that like over in Sheffield? Oh, man, that was just, that was the most incredible and surreal, unsur- like, unreal feeling, so surreal, like, just that moment of when I first met Prince Nassim, because when I when I finally got to England, I he sort of kept me on ice for three days. Yeah. And I sort of felt like I'd been set up, that it, it wasn't really going to happen. Yeah. And I, I thought it was like maybe I was, it was a bit of a hoax. Yeah. And so then when I when I actually met him, when I got to his gym and I hit the doorbell and said, Welcome to Princess Inn's boxing gym and I opened the door and there he was standing next to the bag, I just broke down and started crying and he was like, Bilal, why are you crying? Don't, don't cry, you know and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you, okay, you, okay, you know like this is my dream come true, man. This is like okay, this is this to me is like somebody who loves Michael Jackson meeting Michael Jackson, you're my Michael <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and he used to always tell me, he's like, I hope I, I am everything and more that you imagined. And I was like, bro, you're more everything and more. They're like, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And it was, imagine being 17 years, like 17 years of age, you're cruising Lamborghinis, Ferraris, yeah. you know, you're in Lincoln Navigators. Like Princess Team was, like he was the king of the streets. Yeah. Everyone loved him in Sheffield. Like he was the king. Wherever we went, we went like it was just love, you know what I mean? And he was, Telling everyone, this is my boy. This is gonna be his, his future world champion. You know, it's like unbelievable. What a feeling! Like, oh. just, like I sometimes gotta pinch myself to feel like, man, did I really live these moments? What an incredible, incredible feeling! Yeah, man, and and it's it's not a fluke. It's not an accident. You deserved it. One because of that athlete you are, the champion you are, but also because of the person you are. You know, you have a there's a warmth about you that people are naturally drawn to. We um. We're running, we're out of time now, but I just wanted to, one, thank you so much for your time. I know you got a lot in your plate at the moment, but we're so grateful that you've sacrificed some of your time to join us. Two, I genuinely nah, want man. to tell you how much we are, one, praying for you, rooting for you, but also inspired by you, admire you, and we just really, really can't wait to see you get to the other side of this because, um, you know, there's a whole lot of people that are just so touched by the way you're carrying yourself at the moment, and um, we can't wait to see you get better and get on the other side, brother. Thank you so much, Simon. Honestly, man, like, you know what? Thank you guys so much to the listeners, everybody out there supporting and showing love. I, I can't thank you guys enough. And one thing I will tell you guys is that, you know what? Like, obviously, everything only happens with God's permission and God's will. But my will is to is to win and to survive. And yep. God willing, you know what I mean? Like, not even, not even months down the track. I'm talking about, like, God willing, that within the next five to six weeks, I'm going to be cancer-free. And, and I'm going to be in remission. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so determined. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna make sure that my dream comes true, you know, because this is a dream. This will be a dream come true for me to be able to just be there for my son and my wife, and just be the best dad and the best 
person, the best human that I can be. That's so good. Lo- love you so much, man. And, and when you launch your book, let us know. We'll make sure listeners that you go out there and buy it. Let's make it a bestseller. Billy, thanks so much for joining us. We love you. And I'll see you soon, brother. Thank you so much, right. brother. You take care. Yeah.